Welcome to Passion Life Church. We're going to continue this series that we are, have entitled Into the Deep. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're going into the deep. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 5, verse 8. Luke chapter 5, verse 8. And as you're turning there, I want to give you the title of my message today. And I want to talk about how to discover your future. If you say, Pastor Phil, what do you mean about my future? How do I know that I could have a future? I know you're going to have a future because you're still alive today. So that means that God is not finished with you yet. And you know, people want to know about the future. Let's just be honest. They want to know about the future. So I was reading some statistics that said 76% of the people, uh, 76% of people in the nation, their biggest source of stress is what's going to happen in the future. What's going to happen in the future? So many people, instead of turning to the Word of God, they turn to horoscopes or, man, I, I just don't look at anything that has horror in front of it. Come on, somebody. There's like 70 million people I was reading are looking at horoscopes. And then for some of us, I'm not going to lie, this is kind of my little thing that I like. It's fortune cookies. Like, I, I, how many of you ever, come on, let's just be honest, you, 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 get a, you eat that Chinese food, which is good, and then they give you that fortune cookie, and you're like, okay, this is going to tell me about my future. And, right? That's good. Unless you do what I do, and you open it up, and you read the paper, and it says, you picked the wrong cookie. Now, that's not good, right? That's, that's, not, that's not helping. Or you get another cookie and you open it up, and it says the way to find yourself is to play hide-and-seek alone. That's not good. That's not good. But, right, we get a, on, we get a little excited, like it's going to tell me something, right? I got one that said you're going to be about $15 uh, shorter in your budget because you ate here. That, that's, that's like a good prediction of the future. But people want to know about the future, and God wants to help us. He wants to show us. And we've been looking at this man by the name of Simon, who is also called Peter. We'll talk about that a little bit later. And uh, we, we, uh, we know him as a disciple of Jesus. But I don't think that Peter woke up one day and go, hmm, today I'm going to be a disciple of Jesus. I think he woke up and he said, I'm going to go to work. I'm going to go fishing tonight. That was his goal. And then he fished all night. And then he caught nothing. He didn't catch anything. And so Peter may have had an idea of what his future would look like until he had an encounter with Jesus. Because when you have an encounter with Jesus, it changes everything. And one encounter with Jesus changes the trajectory, the trajectory of his life. And let me just set this up as you're turning to Luke chapter 5, verse 8, because I think this is so important. We went over this last week. Jesus is teaching and there's massive crowds and they're following him and, and he sees Peter's boat and he asks him if he can get in it and he pushes off and he begins teaching and as he's teaching then he finishes and he notices that Peter's there cleaning his nets. He notices that Peter had not caught anything. And I said this last week because it really blesses me. God sees our nets. God sees when our nets are empty. He cares enough to respond to empty nets. He sees them. He cares about them. But here's what he's going to do. He's not just going to look at them. He's going to give you an instruction. He's going to give you an instruction. Here's what he told Peter. Peter, you got to launch out into the deep. And we said last week that the word deep, what it means in the Greek, it means the secret, the unrevealed purposes of God. There are purposes that God has for your life that you have not experienced yet. And for me, it's very, very exciting. 
It's very exciting. I've seen some of the things that God has done already in my life. How many of you, God has done some things in your life that they were still, even there, you're like, you know, OMG, OMG, oh, they were, they were great. How many of you have seen that? Let me, let, me, let me see your hand. You've seen God work in your life, right? He's, he's, he's done that. But I'm going to tell you, and I want to submit to you in this series that there are some things that he wants to do that you have not seen yet. And Peter's tired, and he says, you know, I, I'm tired. I've toured all night. But at, nevertheless, at your word, I will launch out into the, 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 the deep. And he does. And he catches so much fish that his nets are breaking, that his boat's breaking. He has to call partners. Their boats are sinking. It's incredible, incredible, incredible miracle. And here's where we pick this up today because I'm just going to tell you, don't miss next week. I almost preached next week's message today, but, and I feel so passionate about next week's message, but I felt like I can't get to next week until we deal with this. Does that make sense? Because I feel like today, if we don't deal with this, we won't get to where Peter got next week. Because next week, I'm just telling you, because I've already preached it to myself. I jumped around in my apartment already in my house, and I'm like, it's fire. I'm telling you, it's fire. Come on, say it's fire. Can you believe that I can preach one message that's fire? Come on. I thought I'd get a better response than that. But anyway, I'll keep working. Come on, I'm still in process. I'm still in process. So don't miss next week. But I feel like we have to deal with this right here because I feel that's indicative of our future. We follow God in steps, and we got to look at Peter. I didn't plan that this would be, and we'd go through the life of Peter, but as I started with this whole into the deep, I feel like we're going to follow him, and we're going to look at his life because he's, he's human. We're going to see highlights of his life, and I think there's so many things that God did in his life that he wants to do in our life and I think we could really learn because he truly lived in the deep, Peter did. Luke chapter 5, verse 8, have you found it? So he saw this incredible miracle of his nets breaking, the boats are sinking, his partners, boats are sinking, Luke chapter 5, verse 8. And it says, when Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished. I said this last week, God can take you from empty nets, right, into overflow, but God can take you from being tired and exhausted, exhausted and into astonishment. That's what he did. That's what he did. And he said, for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken, verse 10. And so also were, were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. One translation says, I will make you a fisher of men. Verse 11. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all. And they followed him. And they followed him. I think that one thing we could agree upon as we talk about our future is that the future is unpredictable. Life is unpredictable at times. How many of you would say that? You, you didn't think that you'd be at the place that you're at. But I love talking to people, and I love talking to people in their 20s because it's like they have their whole life mapped out already. Like they, 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 they know, like they know, right? They, they just, they, when you listen to them, it's like, okay, I'm going to graduate in five years. All right, I'm going to graduate in 5.5 years, and then, then, then I will get married. And then after I get married, we're not going to have kids. We're not going to have kids the first year because I want to have time to get to know my husband. 
husband because I want to get to know him and we want to love each other. And then we will have kids, but not one kid. I want to have two kids. I want to have a boy and I want to have a girl. And their names are going to be Jack and Jill because of our forever home is going to be on a hill. And so we're going to, we just have everything packed and we're going to have two dogs and one cat. And I already know their names. I know the names of the dogs, right? We're going to name the dogs uh, Bucky and Cheeto. And then we're going to have one cat and he's going to be, and he's going to be called Niblets. And so uh, everything, I, I just know. And then reality hits and life hits. Come on, somebody. And I love having vision. I, I, I think it's important. I love having goals. But then you go to sign up for your classes and you find out it's not going to be a five-year plan because all the classes are full. So you have to wait another year to get the classes that you want. So then that really makes you contemplate your, your major and to think, if, oh, now really what I'm supposed to do. But then as you're contemplating your major, okay, you're going to sign up. You get a job and then you find out that there's a, a young man there that you really like and he's like Prince Charming and he's got it all together. And you're like, and he like really likes you. And you've been dating now for a year, which you didn't thought because you weren't going to get married for a while until after you you had your degree, but he wants to get married. He's had it all together. And you're like, okay, I'm just going to get married, right? And then you get married and you thought you married Prince Charming, but he's acting more like Shrek. Come on, somebody. And then he's acting like Shrek, right? And marriage wasn't what you thought it was. And now the twist in the whole thing is that now you are pregnant and not just with one. It wasn't one we're going to have at one year. And then the next we're going to have another and we're going to wait two years. No, you got pregnant and God blessed you with twins. And you know what? Life now doesn't look the way that you thought it was. Come on, somebody. And now you find yourself at Winco, like looking at all the, because life is tough and, and we're, 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 you know, it's like, I, I, I thought I'd have my major. I thought everything would be, and now you can't get your two dogs. And man, the thought of not even being able to buy a cat, you're heartbroken. And here you are. But here's what I'm saying today. See, some people decide, I want to grow. I want to get into the deep. Other people are thrusted into the deep because of life. And here's my point today. Whether you're thrusted into the deep because of life or because you choose today that I want to go deeper, hear me, the principles and the truth of God's word are still the same. And let me tell you something that I believe today, it's so worth coming. You've got to learn how to live in the deep. But I want to choose it because I want to grow. But you know what? Sometimes Life thrusts you there. Let, let's talk about the deep. What is the deep? When you talk about your future and you talk about the deep, the deep is mysterious. The future is mysterious. There's a lot of unknowns. You may be sitting here right now and there's a lot of unknowns. And the great news is where you're right now, you're like, Pastor Phil, I'm drowning in the deep. Like I, I got a lot going on. Well, today's message is for you. And if you're here and, you know, you're like some of the people like, yes, I've met every single goal and, you know, I want to grow and I want to stretch and I want to, you know, I have my five-year plan and I want to grow and I want to be in the deep. Well, guess what? The same truths apply to you. But we have to learn to live in the deep or you'll drown in life. And so today, I just want to give you this anchor scripture as we move forward because I'm going to read this next week. It's one of my favorite scriptures. You go, Pastor Phil, this whole idea of the deep, why do I have to learn how to live in the deep? I'm going to tell you, 
because that's where you're going to see God's greatest work. Psalms 107 verse 23 says this, those who go down to the sea in ships who do business in great waters. See, this is where I want to live. I want to do business in great waters. I don't want to have a little world. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to swim in a pond and go, woo, life is good. I want to get out in great waters. He says this, he says, those who go down in, in the sea in ships who do business on great waters, they see the works of the Lord and the wonders where, come on, say it loud, where? In the deep. Where do people see his wonders? It's in the deep. The message translation says this in Psalms 107, 24. They too observe the Lord's power in action. His impressive works, where? In the deepest seas. The Passion Translation says this. You will see his breathtaking wonders in the deep. So whether you're thrusted there right now and you're like, Pastor Phil, I got a lot going on. Listen, it's not a problem. It's an opportunity that you have to see God's breathtaking wonders in your life. Can I hear a good amen today? See, I erase the word problem from my, from my vocabulary, and I don't say I got a problem. This is what I say. I have an opportunity for God to show his breathtaking power in my life. I have the opportunity to see God in action. Can I hear a good amen today? And that's what God wants to do in our life. And here's the great news. God already knows your future. He's actually already in the future. Oh, he's present now, but he, he knows. You know, I was thinking about that scripture. The Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, forever, and forever. He already knows the future. He told Jeremiah to tell us. He was talking to his people in Jeremiah 29, 11. This is probably one of the most favorite scriptures that Jeremiah wrote. But he says, for I know the plans for you. Here, listen, you may not know the plans. That's all right. But the good news is, is he knows the plans when you don't. And he says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. So watch. God's plan for your life doesn't include harm. Well, you know, Pastor Phil in the past have had some things happen, all that. I know, but there's a good way to navigate whether it's God or the enemy because the reality of it is God in his future that he has for you, he says it's not of harm, it's plans to prosper you. That word in some translations is, it's a plan of peace, not to harm you. It's supposed to give you a hope and a future. That word future actually means this, expected end. I love this because the future that God has for us in the deep is to prosper you. Prosper you. In the Hebrew, when you look at this word in Jeremiah, this word uh, peace, I want you to hear this. This is important. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew. The New Testament was written in Greek. But this word peace actually means prosperity. It means health, welfare, and every type of good. That makes sense. Why? What good is if you have millions of dollars in the bank but you're not healthy. There, you can buy a house, but that doesn't mean you're going to have a home. You can be on vacation and not have peace. I know people who have a lot of money, and they're still, the cancer's still not going because you can't buy health sometimes. Sometimes you can't, but sometimes you can't. So what good is it if you have everything visible or your dreams, but you don't have health? You don't have peace, but the peace of God encompasses it all. It is health, welfare, and every type of good. Would you say that with me? Say health, Come on. welfare, every kind of good. 
So here's what we need to know about the future. The future plans that God has for you, the blueprint, in the blueprint of your future is peace and provision, and there's an expected end. In other words, in the mystery of my future, in the mystery, God wants me to have expectancy because he's already there. That's why you're here. He knew you. He formed you even before you were in your mother's womb because there was an expected end, a purpose for your life. And today, I want to talk a little bit about discovering our future because I want to look at how we can discover our future. How, and we're going to look at Peter's life because I think it speaks volumes to us. And here's number one. If we're going to discover our future, we can experience, because Peter did, the goodness of God right where we are at. Everybody say the goodness of God. It's interesting that when Jesus sees Peter's empty nets, Jesus' desire for Peter was to see his goodness. Peter's tired, he's exhausted, and I'm sure he's thinking, like, what motive does this guy have for me to launch out in the deep? Okay, I'm tired. I'm going to probably catch about five, ten fish. Maybe I'm going to catch, you know, just enough, uh, you know, and all of these things could be going through his mind. But I just want to say, as things are going through your mind, I want you to know that Jesus, as he speaks instructions to us, he wants us to see his goodness. That's, that's the purpose. He wants us to see his goodness. And here's the reality. Peter's own strength failed. He launched out I mean, he, um, he, he worked all night. He was tired. He was exhausted. But Jesus says, hey, launch out into the deep. And the Bible says Peter was so astonished at the goodness of God. So Peter walks into the goodness of God because he obeyed what Jesus said. He's so astonished that he gets down on his knees and he begins to worship Jesus. The Bible says Peter said this. Listen, Peter says to Jesus, I'm a wicked man. I'm a wicked man. I'm a wicked man. I'm a sinful man. Now I'm going to ask you a question. Did Jesus know that Peter was a sinful man? He knew. And hear me. In Peter's sinfulness, Jesus' desire was to show his goodness. Why, Pastor Phil? Listen to the scripture, Romans chapter 2, verse 4. It says, it's the goodness of God that leads people to repent. The goodness of God. In other words, see this word repent means in the Greek, it means metanoia. It actually means to change your mind. In other words, this is how God works. He wants to show you how good he is. So you look and you go, oh man, Look at my life. Look at that. That's what I want. I need to change my mind. When Peter saw, the, and he was astonished, and he saw the goodness of God, he got down, and he repented. He changed his mind about his life. It showed him where he was at, and he said, and it also showed him where he could be. So he changed his mind and said, oh, man, I'm a sinful man, and he repented. My church family, I want to tell you, God wants you to experience his goodness but you're going to have to change your mind about what he can do with your life. He wants you to experience his goodness. So that means you're going to have to stop looking for the negative. You're going to have to stop saying, the worst is going to happen. The worst is about to happen. I can feel it. I know, I know, the bad, I know it's going to happen. Is that looking for the goodness of God? We've got to change our mind. See, I don't know your background of church. 
And what, when you think of the word repentance, this is awesome. Peter's, I mean, he's on his knees. Maybe there's tears coming down his eyes. It's beautiful. And some people, that's what it is. But do you know that repentance can, watch, as we talk about the goodness of God and his word is going forth, do you know repentance is happening in people's minds today? Even as we're speaking, as the word is going forth, you're changing your mind. Like, I'm going to see the goodness of God in my future. You know what you're doing? You're repenting. You're saying, I'm going to change my mind. I want to see God's goodness. I'm tired of all the negativity. I want to see God's goodness. Can I just tell you, let me alleviate some of the mystery in the future. Because the future, right, and the deep has a lot of unknowns and a lot of mystery. But let me just alleviate that here for a minute. A minute. Let me just tell you this. We can be certain that Jesus wants to show us the goodness of God in the deep. Where's the goodness, God? You're going to see it in the deep. So let's, let, let's take away some of that mystery. Let's take away some of that unknowns in the deep. Say this, in the deep. Come on, say it. Say in the deep. I'm going to experience God's goodness. Say it again. Say in the deep. I'm going to experience God's goodness. I want you to say this with me. Say, I'm not going to drown. I'm going to experience God's goodness. But the reality of it is, is this is what Jesus wants for your life. He wants you to experience his goodness. Well, you don't know how sinful I am. Oh, you don't know how good he is. You don't know what I've done. Oh, you don't know what he did on the cross. Oh, I know. I know what you did is greater than what Jesus did on the cross. Yeah, right. But look what he did for Peter, an absolute miracle for a sinful man because Peter in faith responded to God's word and he saw his goodness. God's goodness is in your future. But here's number two. If we're going to discover our future, we have to have the correct response. See, in the deep, you, there's only two responses in the deep. It's going to be either fear or it's going to be faith. There, there's no other. This is why Jesus, as soon as Peter gets down and he says, I'm a sinful man, Jesus says this, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, Peter. Why? Because Jesus is about to unveil a glimpse of the future that he has. He's going to unveil another layer for Peter. Now, we know what it is, right? Because he says, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. But first he has to say, don't be afraid. Okay, don't be afraid. Why? What's coming? Well, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Well, what the heck is that? A fisher of men. I need to go on Indeed and find out. What's the job description? How much am I going to make as a fisher of men? Has anybody, does anybody know what a fisher of men? Are you just making this up? Here's what I need you to know, Peter. You just need not to be afraid. Because the job title that I'm giving you is the job title from heaven. And you may not even know what it is. But you can't respond in fear. Because a lot of times, that's what happens in the unknown and in the mystery. We have fear. So Jesus says, listen, don't be afraid. So you're going to have to choose. But Jesus helps us. He says, look, don't choose fear. Choose faith. I, wanna, I want you to look at me this morning. Fear and faith are very similar. They're very similar. So faith believes when it doesn't see. When it sees, it, you don't need faith. Once the promise and the miracle happen, you don't need faith anymore. But watch this. Fear believes even though it doesn't see. Right? You go up to your house and like all of a sudden there's something. You're like, what's going on over here? You haven't seen anything yet. You're just like paranoid. 
but you believe what? The absolute worst. Like, okay, what's going on here? You're believing without seeing instead of walking into your house going, you know what? I thank God that I dwell in the secret place of the most high God, that his angels are all around me and encamped around me. I may not see them, but I'm going to walk into my house to know that I'm going to protect it. But no, we're like freaking out. Like, what's going on? You haven't seen anything yet, but you believe. And so what fear does is fear believes that actually the worst that could happen is going to happen. And watch, both of them have drawing power. This is why Job said, my greatest fear has come upon me. My greatest fear has come upon me. But faith says, even though I may not see it, I believe that I'm going to see the goodness of God. Even if I don't, I don't understand it, I can expect God's plan. He told me I can have a hope and a future. It's not going to harm me. It's going to prosper my life. It's going to give me peace. And fear will cause you to sink in the deep. It'll cause you to sink in the deep. In my church family, faith is the currency of God. Fear is the currency of the enemy. Fear is like blood in the water for sharks. Many people fall prey to fear, and guess what they do? They open the door to the enemy, and they begin to sink in the deep. Jesus is not calling Peter into the deep so he can sink. Jesus is calling Peter into the deep so he can show him his goodness. We're going to see something next week. But you've got to change your mind. I know it's a mystery in the deep. I know future is, is a mystery. But you know what? Let's have faith that Jesus is who he says he is. That his word will accomplish that which it's set out to accomplish. And it's not going to return void. Can you believe that today? So in Luke chapter 5 verse 10, he says, don't be afraid. Come on, say that with me. Say, don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to catch men. So when they brought their boats to land, they forsook all. Okay, this to me, there's some messages for me that I study. I can study 25. I can study, yeah, literally 25 hours just during the week trying to wrestle with text because you find one scripture and it's like, oh, this is good. Then you find another scripture. and You have to make sure that you get the full counsel of God. But this I wrestled with because this blew my mind. That they experienced an incredible miracle. The greatest success of their business. It was like fish were literally jumping into their net and into their boat. And the Bible says, Jesus says, come follow me. I will make you a fisher of men. Nobody knows what that means. Maybe they had some inclination. And the Bible says they forsook it all and they followed him. The greatest success. And here's what I think that they knew that many of us seem to forget that my future is in Jesus. The reason why those fish were jumping in the boat was because of him. It was because of what he could do. If he could fill my boat with fish, imagine what he could do in my life. Imagine that. And they left it all. 
They wanted the personhood of Jesus more than their own possessions. And it was a success that Jesus brought into their lives. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm not one of these preachers that against personal possessions. I'm not. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his kingdom, and all these things will be added. God will add to your life. I don't have a problem with you having possessions. I have a problem when your possessions have you. And what you're going to find in this series about living in the deep, there's a lot of letting go of stuff. These guys just let go, walked away from everything that they just saw to follow him. And can I just encourage us today, my church family? See, the gifts that Jesus gives us, the gifts and the miracles that he gives us are meant to lead us back to him, not away from him. Listen, remember the 10 lepers? Let me, let me just tell you just real quick, if you don't know about leprosy in that time, that man, if you were a leper, you were considered unclean. You li- it's, it's kind of funny. I did a correlation because the rules were the same as they are for COVID. You had to take six feet away, right? Six feet. I'm sure that the lepers didn't have the little spots at the store, right? Where you could go, okay, right? Okay. <laughs> My wife gets on me so much because I, I'm just like a little kid. We went into the store back when COVID was and they had all of the little like dots, you know, they're kind of this big, it says step here. So I'm, I'm like stepping here and I'm going. She's like, fail. I'm like, that's what it says, step here. Just jumping and, you know, I mean, it's just, you have to tell me that I have to stand here? Oh, Jesus, help me. But they were lepers. They had to stay six feet away, and they had to yell, unclean, I'm unclean, I'm unclean under the law. And leprosy was a disease. It was like acne on steroids. You got like a pimple, and it started to eat your flesh. Like, you could literally have limbs falling off. You could go up to give somebody a high five and then come back with a four because your thumb fell off. It just eats your skin. And if you touched a leper, you were deemed unclean. What am I saying? Their whole lives were changed. If you got that diagnosis, you couldn't hug your kid anymore. You couldn't kiss your wife, not even on Valentine's Day. You couldn't work. You lost money. And Jesus healed them totally. That as they walked, the Bible says, their skin all became new like babies. Listen, let me just say it this way. Jesus gave them their whole life back. They could now go to the coffee shop. Now they could hug their wife, see their kids again, talk again. He gave them their whole life back. Listen, my church family. And only one of out of the 10 came back and said, thank you. Thank you. And Jesus says, where are the other nine? One came back. See, the miracles that God gives us are meant to lead you back to him, not away from him. And so Jesus, are you glad you came today? You'll be there in time for the game, I promise. Jesus told Peter, if you follow me, I'll make you into a fisherman. And here's what I want to tell you today, my church family. This word make you is not like Jesus was going to grab his arm and say, I'm going to make you into a fisherman. 
you better follow me. That word make means this. In the literal language, it means I want to mold your life. I want to, listen, I want to fashion your life. In the Old Testament, the Bible says that God told Jeremiah to go down to the potter's house and get like a vision, an illustration. And he saw a potter, which represents God. And it says, Jeremiah writes, he says, I saw a potter, but in his hands there was clay, but the clay was marred. But in the potter's hands, the potter began to mold the clay, the Bible says, into something beautiful. Into something beautiful. The word marred there means he, 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 Jeremiah saw clay that was marred. The word marred means it was corrupt. It was decaying. But it's in the potter's hands. Everybody say, I'm in the potter's hands. In the deep, I'm still in the potter's hands. And he begins to mold it. And the Bible says God can take something that's marred as the potter and add the clay. He can mold it into something great. But see, sometimes what we want to do is we get a miracle from God. Then we want to jump off the potter's wheel. And we want to mold ourselves. We want to mold ourselves. Now, listen, if you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, write this down. Listen. Jesus wants more than a miracle for your life. He wants to mold you. Pastor Phil, what does that mean? Does that mean that miracles are less? No, I believe in miracles. If you need a miracle today, I will pray for you right after the service. We will pray. This church believes in miracles. We serve a God that is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. His power has not diminished. We believe. We are a church that believes in miracles. Absolutely. We believe in miracles. All right, I just set you up because you're clapping now, but let me just tell you this. He doesn't want just a miracle for your life. He wants more. He wants to shape you. He wants to mold you in your life. That's why, do you remember the man at the pool of Bethesda? He hadn't walked. I don't know, it was like 30-something years. And Jesus says, what do you want me to do? He's like, I want to walk. And so he gets up supernaturally, hadn't walked in years. And then he runs into Jesus a little bit later. And Jesus tells the man, listen, he says this. He says, don't sin, lest something worse comes upon you. What is he saying? Oh, I did the miracle. But are you going to follow me after the miracle so I can mold your life? Why? Because your future is at stake. He doesn't just want a moment. He wants to mold you. And my church family, listen, there's going to be many miracles in your life. And a lot of them are going to happen as you allow him to mold you into something great. But here is my question. My question is to you. I wonder, once you get the miracle, will you continue to follow him after you got what you wanted? See, I'm going to tell you, as a pastor, one of the greatest joys of my life, and to me it's more than money, is watching people grow, launch out into the deep. I'm so proud of, of Josh, even though he's wearing a, a Chargers jersey today. I, I'm so proud of this young man who's been with us, I think, three years, maybe four years. And he's leading. He's growing. He has a team. This last Sunday, he took all the setup team out for lunch. And, and 
right? The church blessed them and, and paid for them because we thanked them. And we're so thankful. And he's growing in his leadership. I'm so proud of Inez, who's back there. You know, she's been with us since the first taco night that we had many years ago. And she's leading and, and growing. And her kids are here serving every week. And, and there's growth. I'm so proud of, of, of Tanya and Jimmy. And, and they're here. And they're opening up their home and rehearsing. And, man, hasn't the worship been amazing? I mean, it's just been amazing. I mean, they're, they're connecting us with the Lord to watch them grow. And I'm just telling you, they're all just getting started yet. It's amazing to watch people grow and, and see miracles. I love it. But the greatest tragedy for me, and it breaks my heart at times, is to watch people come to church, they get their miracle, and then I never see them again. Because they're like, I prayed, I got my miracle, but I haven't really been praying. And I just want to tell you, God has more for your life than just one breakthrough. He wants your life to be molded into the purpose that he created you for. See, I've had friends. I had a great friend he, many years ago, and he was an alcoholic, and he told me his testimony, how God had healed him, healed his liver. God did a miracle. Well, we parted ways, and I, I went on with my life. He went on with his, and I had heard through the grapevine that he had passed away. I was so sad, and one day I saw his wife, and I said, you know, hey, uh, what happened to Richard? I, and she said, Phil, God had healed him totally miraculously of alcoholism. But see, my friend Richard didn't follow after the miracle. He went back to the bottle, and he drank himself to death. Oh, he got a miracle at once. But because he didn't follow and he didn't allow God to mold him, he never accomplished his future. And I just want to tell you today, oh, I love miracles, but God wants more. And because some of you are like, man, Phil, I really like need a miracle right now. I know. And God's going to move in your life. But after he moves, will you allow him to mold you? Will you allow him to grow you into the person that he wants for your life? Can I hear a good amen today? Because my church family, here's number three. This is how you discover your future. You discover your future while you follow him. One step of obedience at a time. See, the miracles of Jesus are here to compel us to step into our future, not to make us complacent. I'm always amazed, and I sit back, and I just want you to hear my heart. I'm not trying to judge people but I've been around too long when I hear things. Sometimes I just want to take this mic, Olivia, and just people on the head. In love, in love, in love. But the reality of it is, is that when I talk to people and they get their miracle, and then they just say, well, yeah, I just haven't really prayed, haven't just really, really followed. I'm like, God wants so much more for your life. God wants so much more for your life. And I'll talk to people who, when I hear them, they'll talk about how God gave them. His grace has been so amazing to me, Pastor Phil. It's just so amazing. I'm, I'm here because of God, all that stuff. And then the reason why I'm talking to them is because they're having a little problem with somebody else at church. So we gotta, we gotta have one of those conversations. And so here's what I say. So God gave you so much grace but now you won't give the same grace that you got to somebody else. You know why? 
because you stopped following after the miracle. See, I've been so forgiven, I cannot understand how I can't forgive you because I follow him. When people tell me about the grace in their life, but yet they won't give it to other people, they won't forgive other people, I'm like, guess what? You stopped following you, after the miracle, you didn't allow God to mold you. And here's what happens. You begin to get stuck. You begin to get stuck. You know, the Bible says about Moses, it says Moses knew God's ways, but the children of Israel knew his acts. In other words, Moses knew God's heart. He didn't look at God just as a Santa Claus or sugar baby or sugar daddy, sugar baby. <laughs> a sugar daddy, to say, I'm just going to get what I need. And you know what's interesting is that God still blesses people even though they walk away. But I want to tell you today, he wants more for your life. And I believe Jesus is saying to us today, he wants more than just a moment. He wants to make your life. He wants to fashion you for his purposes. And I think what we don't realize is that God has more in store. Would you say that with me? God has more in store. Listen, my church family, your best days are ahead. It's not just a cliche that we, us preachers say. We believe it because God's goodness is in your future. Your best days are ahead. But I think Jesus would say this. That boatload of fish that you caught, the nets that were breaking, that's nothing compared to what I'm about to do in your life. Nothing. That's the appetizer. But you know what happens? Some people settle for the appetizer. Oh, it's great. We, we, we're grateful for the fish. We're, we're awesome. But he's more important than anything. And so if, my church family, if Peter wouldn't have followed, all he would have had was a boatload of fish, a whole bunch of nets with fish in it. It would have lasted him probably for a while. And that's all he would have had. Grateful, but Jesus had so much more. He has so much more that you and I can't even imagine. Let's bring this to a close. This is one of my favorite scriptures, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. It says this, But it is written, Eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things that has God has prepared for those that love him. Verse 10, But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. So there's a lot of unknown, right, in the, in the deep. There's a lot of unknown in the future, but watch what God's going to do. But God has revealed them. He's going to reveal them to you by his Spirit, for the Spirit it searches all things, yes, here it is, the deep things of God. The deep things. 1 Corinthians 2.9, same, same scripture, different translation. This is why the scriptures say there are things that you have not discovered yet or even heard of yet. They, well, I'll listen to this. It is beyond your ability to even imagine it. It's beyond our own ability. What God is about to do, you've never even thought about it yet. That's amazing to me. That means there's life beyond you. Come on, somebody. You have not even had the ability to imagine yet. And these things that God has are in store for those that he loves, for his lovers, the Passion Translation yet. And they were willing to let go and leave their boats, their biggest successes, what they have seen for a future that was unseen and what Jesus had prepared for them. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. My church family, 
here's what you're going to find living in the deep is you're going to have to let go of some things. You're going to have to let go of your comfort zone. Listen, you're going to have to let go of the small mindset. See, they could have looked at what Jesus did and said, this is it, man. This is, look, man, he, he can't do more than that. Oh, yeah, he can. Watch what he'll do with your life. Watch what he'll do with clay that's marred. He'll make it into something beautiful. We've got to get out of this small mindset. Let me say this because I feel like the Holy Spirit put this on. You have to stop thinking with scarcity. Small-mindedness. We have to leave that behind. Listen, you're going to have to let go of your fear and trust God. I'll get into this one a little bit later, but some of you are going to have to let go of some relationships. Hear me, look at me. Not everybody wants to go in the deep. There are a lot of people who want to stay shallow. And listen, I'm going to tell you as a, as a pastor, I love them, but I can't hang with them. That's why Jesus did some with the crowd, but where did he spend his most time? He spent his most time with the 12 people that forsook all, that wanted to go in the deep. And they would experience things that you and I read about and are so inspired about. And that's where even in the 12, he hung out with three, Peter, James, and John, a lot. Why? Because his closest relationships were people that were anchored with him that wanted to go in the deep. And my church family, I'm just going to tell you, if you have people that are in the shallow, always complaining, small-minded, guess what? That's contagious, and it's going to get on you. I don't want to hear what you have to say. I want to hear what he has to say. And when I'm down and my nets are empty, I don't want you to say, oh, well, that's just life. Look at the economy. You know, we're, we're, look at the price of eggs. Look at How about we look at the goodness of God and how the Bible says that he will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And that if I will plant a seed, there will be a harvest, right? I don't want your small mindedness. I, can't, I came from there. I want to get out from the shallow. I want to launch out into deep. Are you coming with me? And if you're not, I love you, but I can't hang with you because I am going where no man has gone before. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Star Trek. To infinity and beyond. There, now some of you, oh yeah, that's Buzz Lightyear. Because I want to go where he's going not where you're going. I'm going to follow him. I want to see things that no eye has seen before. Oh, that gets, I, I get chills when I start thinking about that thing. I, I love it. You're going to have to let go of relationships. Let me say it this way. You're going to have to let go of the good things for God's best things in your life. Oh, boat. Full of fish, net, that's good. But it was nothing compared to what is going to happen in Peter's life. We're thankful for it. But my church family, if Peter chose not to follow, all he would have had was a great catch when God wanted to do so much more. And we discover our future as we follow. One step of obedience at a time. Peter was tired. 
he obeyed Jesus. He launched out into the deep. When he launched out into the deep, he came back and he followed. He got an overflow of fish. Then watch this. After he did that, not before, after he followed first, Jesus revealed another level of his future. I'm going to make you, Peter. People in 2023 are going to be talking about you, Peter. You don't even know it. Peter, we're going to talk about this next week. Peter, you're going to walk on water. You can, you can live your whole life in that boat and have that. Or we're going to go where there's no boats. I'm going to take you beyond your wildest dream. You're going to be walking. You're going to see the fish. Because, Peter, I don't need a boat to catch fish. Peter, you're going to walk and your shadow is going to heal people but I want my boat, I want my net. Peter, you're going to get up and on the day of Pentecost, you're going to preach and 3,000 people just in that are going to be in heaven because I'm going to mold your life. I want more than just a miracle for you, Peter. This is how we discover our future while we follow. Why go deep, Pastor Phil? Psalms 107, 24. They see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. Do you want to live in the shallow? Or do you want to go in the deep with Jesus? Would you bow your heads for just a moment? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. You had to call Peter out of his own depth, out of his own knowledge, out of his own intelligence, out of his own depth, and into your deep. And Lord, I just sense this so strong. You love these people so much, and you're calling them. You're calling them to let go of their past. You're calling them today. Their life's not over. Your greatest accomplishments, listen, my church family, are only appetizers today. It's only the beginning of what God has for your life. And some of us even need to let go of some past victories because we're stuck. Because, oh, in 2019, God did this. Yeah, he did. But I'm going to tell you, God can outdo himself in your life. And he wants more than a miracle. He wants to mold you and fashion your life. He's calling us, like he's calling Peter, to be fishers of men, which we know now is that he would touch people's lives. And God is calling you into the deep. He's right there with you. He wants you to see his goodness. Let's not become complacent. Let's be compelled for the future that God has for us. Father, I just thank you today that deep is calling unto deep. I'm speaking to influencers today. I'm speaking to men and women who their future is going to be incredible because of what you want to do. But Lord, I pray that today faith would be stirred up in this room today, Father, for us to follow you. In Jesus' name. Just for just this last moment, I feel like the Holy Spirit may be speaking to you about some things, maybe even some people that you need to let go of. It's keeping you in the shallow. Their fear is jumping on you. Their negativity is jumping on you. And you're not going to be able to swim in the deep like that. Some of you now, it's today, you're deciding, I need, to, I need to let go of my past. I need to let go of 
of this wrong image of myself and I need to be who God says I am. I, I need to see myself that way. I need to have faith. I want to see his goodness. For some of you, it's, you need to let go of that diagnosis that's been spoken over your life and you need to let it go and say, that's not me. That's not, that's not going to become who I am. I'm a child of God. I am the healed today. I'm going into the deep. I'm going to see God's breathtaking wonders. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing. That our best days ahead. That today there's new mercies. There's grace today. Your Holy Spirit is going to reveal to us as we, in every act of obedience, you're going to show us what you have for us. You're going to lead us. You have the answers that we don't have. You are our wisdom, Jesus. So today, Lord, we let go. Just take a moment. I don't know what it is, but let it go. In Jesus' name. You're moving forward. You're going forward. Your best days are not behind you. Thank you, Jesus. Let it go. Some of you need to let go of the opinions that other people have had of you. That's been making you make decisions because you actually think that you are what they say you are. No, you are what God says you are. You need to stop. You need to let go of their opinions. Let go of that. Let go of your mistakes. Let go. You're forgiven today. But thank you. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to give you the opportunity today, not just to say a prayer to invite Jesus into your heart, but to actually become a disciple. A disciple means a follower. Follow one's teachings to like what they did. They became disciples to follow him. Not just listen to his teachings, but act on it. And today, if you're here and you've never invited Jesus into your heart, the Bible says he stands at the door and he knocks. He asked Peter if he could use his boat. Peter said yes. He wants to come into your life. Even though you're sinful, he wants to bring his grace and his forgiveness. And it's the goodness of God that says, all right, I'm ready to change my mind about you, God, and invite you into my heart. If you've never asked Jesus to come inside your heart today, I want to say this prayer. And we receive him by faith. We receive forgiveness of sins by faith today. We receive Jesus today by faith. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've never asked Jesus to come inside your heart and be a part of your life, he wants to today. Say this prayer after me. Would you, Passion Life Church, would you repeat this prayer so those who are saying it for the first time won't feel like they're alone? Say this. Say, Father God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for me. Father God, I repent today. I change my mind about you, and I receive your goodness today. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, come on, say it loud. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.